You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah, this is a this is a little more you know. You got a lot of students that are you know they're gonna be rowdy. It's you know this is probably gonna be one of the most hostile environments that we've played in. Um, all year, and you know, I think you know their team is they feed off of the you know their environment and the, the home uh, home stand. So uh, we got to be ready to go in there with the mindset that you know this is going to be a four quarter game. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 here at Soonerscoop Podcast from Soonerscoop.com. And it has been a whirlwind of a week. It started out on Monday with uh, the Browns firing Hugh Jackson and then Todd Haley, and then you had Lincoln Riley uh, being asked about uh, being a candidate for that job. And I'm sure we're not going to hear the end of that anytime soon. I, I even saw you know John Dorsey loving Oklahoma stuff being thrown out there today. Uh, and then you've got the college football playoff rankings that came out last night. On top of that, you're going on to your first real road test of the year in a hostile environment. I mean, Iowa State is a road test. They're a good team, but it's not. I would never really call Ames a hostile environment. Not like Lubbock. I mean, this is the place that chanted "fuck you, Baker" for an entire game the last time these guys went there. Uh, which Eddie's like, oh, what's wrong with that? There isn't. There isn't. You know what the funny thing is though, Tech's not any good. Like, it'd be one thing. I guess it's a hostile environment. Are you mad because I got the first F-bomb out in this podcast? No, I'm just sick and tired of people acting like Tech's just some kind of, I don't know. Look, West Virginia took him to the woodshed in the first half, and then Bowman got hurt, but they still like got a, within seven by the time that game was It's a tough place to play because the fans are loud and stuff, but usually Tech's not any good. The fans aren't loud. They're dicks. With that said, right. I might pick They're Tech different. this week. But the, <laughs> I, I respect... I, look, Tech fans, if you're listening, I respect your dickedness or whatever you want to call Your dickness. It's just trash. <laughs> what it is, to be honest. It's the, all the kids that couldn't get into Texas or Texas A&M? Yeah. No, that's the reputation. No, that's the, that's the fact. Uh, Josh McQuiston is joining us as always as well. Josh, good Wednesday to you. I'm here. I'm here for this. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes because I'm with Eddie. I don't. I don't know that Tech is any good, but I can still totally see this game being a problem for Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. So I don't know how I, I feel. I don't think. About I mean, we're not. Are we going to forget that this team OU's cannot in, defend big receivers? No, that's that's <laughs> the thing. It's like OU is going to have. I would be very surprised if they held Tech under. I don't know. I. 30, 35? I was thinking yardage-wise. Okay. 
I I don't know about points. I mean, yeah, no, thirty five no, points. Five hundred yards. Five hundred yards. Five hundred. I think that's the over under. Oh, I over. <laughs> I would I would go over right now. I mean, I, I you can't say you can't sit here and say unless you're just a massive OU homer that OU is going to shut them down. I mean, there's been nothing we've seen over the last two weeks. They haven't played an offense. I mean, I got an argument TCU this morning. K State like, are eighth grade offenses. I got the not really an argument, but I talked down to somebody this morning because the, the there's OU fans that have gotten all excited over the last two weeks that this defense has looked so good. The goal was never for this defense to be dominating. The goal was never for it to be a top 10 defense. The goal was simply to have a defense that could get off the field and get a couple more three and outs a game that, that, that could make some stops in the red zone. I mean, we're not talking about go- going into being a dominant defense. We're just talking about being better. Better than the defense that they had last year in the, in, in the Rose Bowl. That's all you need. Yeah, you need two or three more stops a game. You they're need not, to be sound. Not shutting anybody down. You need to tackle, and they're doing that. And but if, guess what? Tech is going to make some plays. And in if this they game. all of a sudden start shutting teams down, there needs to be a review because there's been a serious point shaving scandal. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to try to get a turnover here or there. That's still something. Even with roughing, it's just not coming together. No. Which well, even I mean, TCU the ball is gifted them two that they should have had. Exactly. I mean, they gave them two. Buki had one. Houghton and had Buki one. did not take advantage of it. Trey Brown has had a couple opportunities here and there. And with all that Houghton said, could have I mean, called fair catch. Yes. Yeah. With all that said, they they have made some nice adjustments and progress. I mean, they're they're tackling people. They're that's, flying to the football. That uh, I'm more on board with this defense than I was last week. Robert Barnes has been fantastic in terms of run support for this defense. Sure, sure. Because guess what? He's not five foot ten and one hundred eighty pounds. But is this, this is the game where it flips around? Exactly. Yeah, it's but there's a yep, very guys. large danger of that happening. Yep. And you might need Justin. But we don't know if Buki's going to play on this Wednesday. Lincoln was very up in the air kind coy. of on Monday. Yeah. Very, very coy. I'll say this: I when, when I, Eddie has that video, which I'm, I've lost all my trust now that. Trey Sermon played last week. Yeah, that was that was insane. We talked about that on the post game podcast. I when I left practice yesterday, I left early, a little bit earlier than you guys. I saw Buki walking around the facility down there below the uh, stadium, and he was just wearing his jersey. Uh, it it looked to me like he didn't practice yesterday. I'll say that. Yeah. So maybe we'll know more tonight. I'm sure Riley will not be tipping any type of hand, <laughs> oh, but. Uh, it it was interesting to me that I mean the guy was dancing on the sidelines. I I don't I don't think it's any type of physical ailment. I took it as some type of possible concussion. I did too. Type right, thing. that was the first thing. But, I, I thought everybody of. said, "Oh, it was his shoulder," but he was swinging his arms, he was moving when he was, yeah. the guy was coming off the field. He walked off on his own, dancing around the stadium. Another person Saturday. was like, "Oh, it was his leg," and I haven't gone back to look at it yet. But it's. I think it's got to be concussion protocol stuff. It's whatever. I I would be I'd be a little surprised if he didn't play. But we also sat here last week and said that there was no way Trey Sermon was going to play, and he ended up playing. So that was uh, that was kind of interesting. Why don't you guys have better inside information? What do I pay you for? Because we don't care. How about that? <laughs> we care. That's not a good answer. <laughs> I don't do care. care. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, okay, so college football playoff rankings came out. We all kind of gave our. 
our thoughts on what would happen in the roundtable uh, that we put out yesterday. By the way, um, I'm going to look that up. I, I picked seventh, I believe. Yeah, I mean, did everybody pick seventh? If it had to be six or seven, there's nothing else that even made sense. There is. I, I mean, six. I'm surprised they're behind Georgia. The way Georgia's okay. got beaten down. I think, it, but they beat Florida because they beat Florida. They've got Who's the, their not resume. Any good. But Florida's eleven. They were a top ten team. Florida's eleven. That's cool, but like, like I said in the post game, there's about six teams that are legitimately worth talking about, and then there's about seven or eight that are going to fill up that back half of the top ten. Mm-hmm. That they're. A lot of years they wouldn't be top ten teams. This is a really, really top heavy year. I mean, Florida beat LSU, right? Yeah. And you think about if Iowa State didn't come in at twenty four, OU wouldn't have a top twenty five win. Josh, they're in the SEC, man. They Look, have to be I, good. I, I forgot just can't. that is a golden rule. I forgot that <laughs> they have yeah. to be good. To be, yeah, I mean, I can understand how people are going to be all SEC bullshit, but to me. It's all about OU's resume. That's what I said. It's just right. not strong. They enough. had one chance against Texas, and they didn't do it. They've got chances coming now, the up. Iowa State win keeps getting better, and they're 24th. And at least the committee recognizes Iowa State's a pretty good team. Which is nice because they're only 4-3 and three since they lost that game. they got to stop getting shitty losses. Well, since they lost that the, the, Iowa and the TCU canceled game. They've lost that canceled game that would have made them 5-3. and three. So they're always going to have one less win. They make that game up, though, at the end of the year, don't they? In incarnate word, who was supposed to be San Diego's or uh, uh, South Akron. Dakota State or something? I think it was Akron, wasn't it? No, I think it was a Division Two team, FCS team. But yeah, West uh, West Virginia's in that same boat with the North Carolina State game. So now they're never going to have as much wins as so that it would look better. Doesn't mean they're a better team, but if. Nine and one compared to ten and one looks just different in the eye of people. South Dakota State. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm reading the roundtable. Bob and Eddie both went with number six or seven. Yep. Come on, guys. We need to make a call here. Put me in pansies. Let, let's roll. With I it. actually put down a damn ranking, and you guys put one or six or seven. Yeah. Bitches. I think it. I think it's. I think it's ridiculous that they're even doing this this early. It's not early. I mean, it's eight weeks into the season, nine they weeks into the they season. They shouldn't put it out until like the last two weeks. I think the college football playoff committee is the dumbest idea in no, the history of the No, you have to put it out NCAA. now. You, you have to oh, be able to hold committee. these people accountable. I mean, it's just like, it's like that shit that happened with TCU. I mean, where they just, they were two going into the final week and then they were five or whatever. They went from three to six. Was that what it was? Yep. It's a complete waste of time. It's 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 a bunch They're of gonna old guys. They're going to do what that, they want. I mean, yeah, I know, but I mean, it'd be more exciting if they put like Barry Alvarez on a twenty-four hour hot seat. I do want to. As can this guy stay up for seven <laughs> hours at a time? I do want to ask Barry Joe. Cam. I yeah. want to ask Joe C about his first experience yesterday. Give a shit about what he s- says about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! What time did you get last early. night? He was at the Thunder game last night. No, I just I think it's a waste of time. I really do. I think it's an absolute waste of time. It's a glad handling. Most of America would disagree with you. They like polls. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they like to argue about this stuff. I like to argue about this stuff. I think it's a waste. Exactly. Of time. I think Eddie Notre Dame like, got this screwed. Seems up your alley. It's something to yell about. If Notre Dame goes when, keeps winning, they're going to be in. Like, how did they get screwed? They're undefeated, and they're uh, they're behind a team with a loss. Why does it matter? And though? their win is a good win. It's against Michigan. 
Oh, Eddie, there are people out there that think like Oklahoma could jump Notre Dame if if they both went out. Oh, those people oh, are come. stupid. No, I'm telling you, like people that, that doesn't make know sense. what they're talking about. That doesn't a, make a sense. one loss They'd ODU getting wins. in before Notre in in before an undefeated Notre Dame. They play. They're going to have played more more quality teams. Notre Dame's schedule does not look great. It looks pretty good in the preseason, but now USC, USC is terrible. a train wreck. Like, I mean, there are things that are not their fault. Clay Hill might not even be the coach them. by the time Notre Dame plays them. Syracuse yeah. helps them, though. I mean, they're, they're three of their last four games, and, and no way am I a Notre Dame fan, but oh, no. three of their last four games are probably better than I'm trying to think. I mean, Northwestern's comparable to Texas Tech, aren't they? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Syracuse would beat Tech. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, I I don't know. I I just and I th- I think Notre Dame's going to get beat one of these games too. I do too. I I think I think they're one of those teams that's pretty good at everything, but they're not special at anything. Right. And that's that's tough to win like that every week. You put like, Notre Dame on the same field as Oklahoma. Uh, I mean Alabama and Clemson would smoke they ass mm-hmm. for sure. I think OU'd beat Notre Dame by. At least ten points. Yep, I think it'd be. It'd I don't be like think I'm a big homer. Forty five, thirty five, or something. But right. I mean, well, Georgia is not nearly as good as they were a year ago either. I still. That's think, the thing. Nobody's I think Georgia's to. decent. SEC is not that great this year. Everybody wants to like Kentucky. No, 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 no. Well, that's the thing. Is it you know if Kentucky were to beat Georgia this weekend, just you know live in a fantasy world for a minute, which I don't think is going to happen. That could really throw a lot of things. Or if LSU and Kentucky win this weekend, I don't know if I want to live in that kind of world. Kentucky got lucky to beat Missouri. Yeah. Missouri's not a good football team. No. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't and know I, if I want to live in that Georgia world. Georgia struggled people, with Missouri for a while, People will be too. pubbing Kentucky as a team that should have a maybe an outside chance of getting in the playoff because they've only lost one game. The thing about Georgia, like Georgia, there's a really good correlation to Georgia. They essentially lost a Joe Mixon and a Samaj P. Ryan last year, and they have one really good back that's come back, but it's not enough to carry Jake Fromm, who is a play-action drop-back quarterback, who I love Jake Fromm. I think he'll play in the NFL. But they don't have the same type of offense, and they've got some good receivers, but... They're not they're not an elite offense anymore. Well, there's a reason Jaden Hazelwood decommitted. Yeah. yeah. They're not they're not putting up points and doing things that, you know, they're not dynamic offensively. They'll beat you just because they're so freaking talented. But it does, I mean, right now it doesn't matter. Alabama and Clemson are the only two teams where you're just like, yeah, they deserve to be there. And even Clemson, like who who's Clemson guy? They went to A&M. That was a decent win. They looked terrible, but they won. Well, then, but kicking the shit out of Florida State like that—that that that was, was impressive. impressive. You're right. You're right. Like it, Florida State's hey, a dead football team, though. I know, hey, but, but, that, still, but still, they beat. So no, if you beat a name team, you you get well, extra credit. I watched that game, and and Florida State actually has a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. Asante Samuel made some really stupid plays that opened the floodgates, uh, and Florida State—they were providing a lot of resistance in that first quarter. First thing I beat by thirty. But that's what I'm saying. It was hard for Clemson to get up and down the field. They scored once, they scored twice, and then they just they boat raced them. Hasn't yeah. Clemson beat 19, 20, and 21? Syracuse, A&M, NC State. 
Yes, they have. They they, they they killed NC State. Too. There you go. Murder. Yeah, they. You're right. I forgot about the NC State. That's a really good one. Uh, let me just say, I think Trevor that's my Lawrence, biggest problem is teams are beating shit teams and getting credit for it. There's a lot of bad teams in college football. I will say this: the the decent teams that Clemson has played, except for NC State, they've been tussles. Syracuse and Texas A and M have been tough games. Yeah. What were you saying about uh, Fabio? Uh, I'm just saying, my guy, everybody doubted him after the Army performance. Trevor Lawrence is just currently locking up his, uh, I guess, what would it be, the 2021 number one overall pick. He just he just cementing that down right now. I'm going to tell you, that, he's, that dude's a monster. you know I've been his biggest critic. I know. I do not like him in a national championship game against Alabama. Because, this year? Oh, hell, I don't like anybody now. Well, I don't, but I, I, I think he'll fall apart is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Okay, that, like, that could be the that, one unknown. If that game happens, it'll be over by midway through the second quarter. Oh, or, or, oh it, it's going to be a Colt McCoy kind of situation, huh? Knock him out and no, it's all no, over? No, he'll throw about three picks, Ooh, maybe a pick okay. six in there. So you think the Army game, It was a the, the stage was too big? Well, he did the same thing at 7-on-7 seven seven at, at the Open. He was terrible. Remember, Fields dominated him in that. His team did. Yeah. At the same time, the guy won state titles in two or three years. His third year, he got upset in his senior year. He's a but, hell I mean, of a quarterback. I mean, he really is. I just no. I I, I mean, I, I realize like, and that was where you when you were talking about it, it was always between the scope of either Fields or Lawrence. And I, I think Fields is really good. I think Lawrence is just he's crazy. He's I've never seen a guy that the ball comes out prettier out of his hand. Like it's just perfect. Well, that was and that was you know my comparison. We talked we had on our roundtable. We talked about longevity for Lincoln Riley, and I kind of made the comparison to Dabo Sweeney. Uh, you know, he's been there nine years now. He's won he won a championship in his sixth year, I think it was. Um, but Clemson wasn't Clemson when he took it over. Like Lincoln Riley's. Oklahoma went to the college football playoff in his first year as a head coach. So it shouldn't, the way he's recruiting, it shouldn't take him six years like it did Clemson. No. You know, somebody, I, one of the stories I read about Lincoln and the Cleveland job, and I'm sure you want to get into that a little bit, but um, Dabo's name was mentioned. I don't see that at all. Dabo feels pure college to me. Yeah. Like I don't Although see him. Although he is a he is a CEO though. Yeah, that, that's because I was that was kind of another question. Like I don't even he was an OC, right? He was a wide receivers coach. He went from yeah, wide like, receivers coach to head coach. That's right. That's because he net like I don't like like Lincoln Riley is roundly respected at every level of football for his offensive mind. Dabo, you're like, well, what 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 does he come in and make better the second he's there? What would you say like, you do here? Yeah, exactly. Like, but you, there's no arguing what he's done at Clemson. That's amazing. He probably and, he probably saved like three or four Christians on the team. <laughs> so he's he's leading. This their, is uh, why we get two star rate. He's leading their FCA group yeah, in Cleveland. They, that's that's going to be his role. They've made a, they've made real big advancements. <laughs> so I'm talking about Dabo. I'm talking about Dabo. You know that's that is OG gangster though. The more you, you're public about that stuff, the more you're cheating, the more you're selling stuff out of the back door. See Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Reference Hugh Freeze. See, I don't feel like he beats you over the head with it like Freeze did. 
Like, Bobo, I mean, it's there. Don't get me wrong. I think it's if you there. covered him, like on a day, I think that stuff like gets thrown out there after practices all the time, like to the local media. Yeah, but it, drops that stuff. You, you'd probably. I if mean, I covered him, I'd probably be like, "Really, I'm going the God thing again?" Oh, I'd kill myself if I covered Clemson because I'd have to kiss his ass the entire time. You'd like have to deal with the that. other people in the media there. Did you see that question? The worst. Yes. The the, the worst <laughs> fan base reporter. Slash reporters in the entire country reside in Clemson, South Carolina. I might be able to find that audio. I have it. Oh, you have the audio? Uh, the up? audio? Yeah. Uh-huh. I Harry, have... I know you're still sore from the Florida group. Would you would you rank Clemson over Florida? Oh, which way worse, yeah. Oh, I mean, really? Wow. There, okay. there is this father and, and or uh, uh, husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to sit next to him at the, the Russell Athletic Bowl, and I was already dying. I was so sick at that thing. Uh, and I had to sit next to him, and they literally cheered throughout oh, the game. Awful. They are so awful. And that's that's not the only example. Like, they just let anyone cover their team. I bet they buy their kids' jerseys of the Go players. to autograph day and get yeah. autographs. I'm sure. I'm sure they do that shit. Well, it's Tag like that the players in their tweets and stuff with pictures of their kids dressed up as them. It's pathetic. Right. I'll make this it vow. Happens. My my girls will never be used as um, relationship developers. Hey, what? Uh, and, oh, that's. I mean, that's that's pathetic in its own right. What? Uh, what are we going as uh, for Halloween? Yeah, what are the girls? Oh, going yeah, as? yeah. Lainey is Wonder Woman. She was jacked to be Wonder Woman. I, I have pictures when we uh, when we send the pod out. I'll put a picture up on Twitter so everybody can see her. She was pretty into it. Uh, Layla is <laughs> poor Layla. She'll never forgive us. She's a pig. She's like, <laughs> pig and like the it's funny because like when she doesn't have the hat thing on you can't tell she's just like a big pink marshmallow and then she puts the hat on there's like a snout and ears like up above her like face basically and it's it's pretty hysterical and it it worked out because like her little school like they're doing a um uh like a parade around like their parking lot and stuff where they all get to do it obviously layla can't walk so she's like in their little you know the little strap-in stroller things that they can walk around with but um, she uh, it's like an animal parade. And they're like, it's a zoo animal. I'm like, well, she's a pig. Is that good enough? And they're like, yeah, be fine. So Layla's going to be a pig amongst like lions and zebras and stuff. It's ridiculous. But um, but yeah, so Lainey, Lainey, and to her credit, man, she is all about her character. Like this morning I'm getting her ready and I said something. I was like, Lainey, come here. And she's like, I'm Wonder Woman. So she she wants to be addressed as character. She has no interest in her name on this day. There's no shame in that. No, I know. I she's selling out to her role and I appreciate that. You know, that's big time. Watch Halloween out. Used uh, to be watch a out. Big watch out for the uh, marijuana edibles apparently that's People don't do that. <laughs> if you have marijuana edibles, you don't give them away. <laughs> Like that so just true. makes no sense to me. That well, if that you're become a thing. really high, you know, and no, you would never do that. You would <laughs> hey, never do I that. I check my kids' baskets. Anybody in this neighborhood that has one to give away, give it away. I'll find a good use for it. Yeah, I, but I, I hope that happens to me. Exactly. That's a problem I can deal with. That's better than so. Christmas. <laughs> Gosh. That, that triggers me every year. I guess so. Like, Watch why, out for why would people do that? Pot edibles. Yes. Why would Why would somebody do that? Eddie, you're not even on the app of Nextdoor. Nextdoor is something. Oh boy. Yeah. It's like for old people to like because there's not a week that goes by. There's a suspicious this, black yeah. car sitting down the street. 
Yeah, it's the it's the cleaning lady. She she's there every week. Like I, <laughs> I I'm waiting for the day because like sometimes Laney will want to ride around the truck, so we just ride around like a circle, like this little quarter mile circle in our neighborhood. She gets to sit up front. She thinks it's the greatest thing ever, and I'm waiting for someone to be like. There's a suspicious large blue truck driving, circling my house. They may be casing the place. Like, it's always in a, like, 1950s vernacular of the dangers of, you know, robbery and stuff. And I'm like, we live in the boringest, most quiet suburb in Houston, and everybody's like, crime's on the way. It's like a group text for old people that don't know how to text. <laughs> exactly. Basically, is what you're telling me. Oh, there was a lady. Uh, I don't want to get into it. Let, let's let's get. I, I'm going to totally lead us off course. But there there are some crazy people on next door. I could. I can only imagine. Uh, this fine uh, neighborhood talk is only made possible by the Choctaw uh, Casino and Resort in Durant. Uh, they are uh, the title sponsors of this podcast. They make this all possible. Uh, it's a fantastic place. I, I'm telling you, if you, you want a great place to go see concerts in the state, their, their concert venue kills everything that I've been to. I mean, it's a true concert venue. Uh, it's fantastic. A lot of great acts. So uh, check the schedule at uh, ChoctawCasinos.com. Uh, I know... You know, they've got some other stuff. You could like use SeatGeek to get the sold out ones too, because uh, they've got a lot of big acts that, that come in there in the Durant. But I've stayed out there. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, casino. They got stuff that I haven't ever seen at other places. They got this, uh, it's a horse racing track. Like it is, you bet on the horses, but it's, it's all animated and it's just this giant bubble and you all sit around it and you can bet like win, play, show and stuff. I can't remember what it's called, but it is freaking amazing. Uh, so a lot of great games. They got uh, craps out there now. Uh, they got uh, roulette, which I actually played roulette recently, Josh, and doubled up on black. You're welcome. I hope I made you proud. You, yeah. Is me, that what you is? You as always well go as black. Wesley Snipes. We're both proud of you. Is that why he's always in trouble with the IRS? No, his line from that terrible movie. Passenger Fifty Seven. I never saw that movie. That's okay. You didn't miss anything. Yeah, no, the, really that line was the whole movie. That's the only thing memorable about it. But yeah, the, the hotel out there is, is first class. Uh, the spa tower, it's brand new, 286 rooms. So uh, Choctaw Casino and Resorts, uh, the district, uh, go out there, stay for a weekend. It's fantastic. A movie theater, bowling alley, sports bar. Be great for NFL weekends or college weekends. So thanks to the Choctaw uh, Casino and Resort in Durant for making this all possible. Okay, you guys mentioned uh, Lincoln Riley and uh, the NFL stuff. I'm just going to play that for you, and we, we can kind of get through this real quick. Uh, but here was the question from uh, Mr. Ashback to Lincoln Riley about uh, the Cleveland Browns job. Do you have any interest coaching the NFL? <laughs> that was coming. Uh, no, not, not right now. I... You know, you sit there and answer these questions, and I always want to be truthful. Um, the truth is, for me, is I love Oklahoma. Uh, I love coaching here. I love college football. I certainly don't have that itch right now. I uh, don't know that I ever will, but I'm never going to be a guy that's going to stand up here and say, no way, no how will any of these things ever happen. I, I, I don't know that, but I I know right now I could care less about the NFL. We're trying to we're trying to win this game and trying to make a run that we all think we have in us right now. 
and God, I think the thing about Lincoln is like we just he has been here for a little while, but we just don't really know him. I mean, like we still don't def- know him. You're defined by your actions, so you don't know what he would be willing to do or how much he. You know, you think he's. I know everybody jumps to conclusions. Well, he's a small town Texas guy. Uh, he was, you know, born and raised out of the air raid. He's just not interested in the NFL. Like, we don't know that we for don't. a fact. The only thing I keep saying is he loves recruiting, and the day he doesn't is the day he bolts. I would agree. I think that there's something to him wanting to build something of his own, too. Bringing in his own guys. Yeah. Building a recruiting class, this 2019 class particularly, that's loaded offensively. It is funny, though, that it's like, eh, why would he want to go to Cleveland? But the Cowboys, he grew up in West Texas, and everybody well, that grows up that, in West so. Texas is a Dallas Cowboy fan. I, I, I wouldn't want to work for Jerry Jones right now. Now, you I don't know pay me $10 million, he, I might. I'd probably do anything for but $10 But basically, being the head coach of the Cowboys is like being the president of Texas. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it. I, I just think that, A... I think it's crazy that, not crazy, but, I mean, he hasn't even finished his second year as a head no. coach. We do know that he loves being an offensive coordinator. He now, loves there's no doubt that the, designing offenses, implementing yeah. offenses. You he can, loves all that stuff. You can hear the passion in his voice yeah. again whenever he mentions that stuff. Uh, Barry Trammell kind of followed that up just, you know, saying, hey, Okay, great. You love Oklahoma. You love OU, but why? Well, Oklahoma's been has been great to me. You know, they didn't have to give me a shot three years ago, and certainly didn't have to give me a shot a year and a half ago. And uh, so I, you know, I, you know, that's something I'll never forget uh, because you know, opportunities like this are, you know, I, I realize how lucky I am to have gotten one. Made it really two here. Um, <laughs> And I think we've got everything, you know, that we need here to be successful for a long, long time. Um, you know, really like living here. I like, I just like everything about this place. And uh, so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, they've been good to me and we got a chance to, like I said, we're doing some great things right now and I think the future is going to continue to get better and better. So it's just all positive in my, in my mind. What was the first part of the question? College football, what do you look back? Yeah, I, I, I like the age group a lot. Now I like, these guys are kind of still in that, kind of in that, in the middle between, you know, being young, being a teenager, and then starting to develop into grown men. So it's a, it's a pretty impactful time for guys. And so I, I enjoy this part of it. Kind of enjoy the teaching where a lot of them know the base fundamentals so they can, you know, you can, but there's still some just pure teaching and coaching that goes on. Uh, I like the atmospheres. I like the rivalries. I mean, I, you know, there's, you know, it's, one of the most popular sports on earth for a reason. Again, not like a, a you know, we all, the, I think the thing about Lincoln is we all know how well he does in the interview setting. Is it just, is it genuine though? Like, that's what I, I kind of wonder. Or is he just so good that he could, he could say whatever he wants to say and we just kind of take it at face value? I'm, I'm not trying to accuse him of being a liar or anything, but I guess I kind of am. We bad. just still don't know him. It's his fourth year here and don't have a feel of, of who he really is. I thought maybe as he was became head coach, he'd kind of op- you know, open up a little bit more, give a give us more review of who, who he is. 
it just hasn't really happened. Football coaches are kind of that way, though. He's I got mean, almost more protective since becoming head coach. The best way to describe a football coach is to say that he's a football coach. He coaches football. That's kind of all you really learn about anybody. I will say the one thing about the Cleveland situation, I don't. Th- I think Lincoln Riley is smart enough to not make a decision just based solely on wanting to coach Baker Mayfield again. Yeah, that makes no, sense. No, I I agree completely. Like I, it, that that whole connection, I it's it's easy. I understand it, but I just feel like it's kind of lazy in that. A, I don't know who wants to go coach Cleveland right now. Yeah, that place is a disaster. I think Zach. Although Al- the G- uh, John Dorsey is I think very Zach well Taylor respected. Would be a great yeah, I think say Dorsey gives them a lot of credibility. True. Zach Taylor but would be a great pick. That would be interesting. Young, young head coach. He kind of mirrors what McVay's done. He's worked for him now for a year. I don't know. What I, do you bet that whoever is hired will not be older than like forty-two? Oh, I, I would. Like, oh, McVay there's a huge the model. I would even wants. say I bet he's younger than. I think Taylor's 35. I'd say younger than 40, for sure. Yeah, I, I I almost went there, and I was like, oh, I wonder how many candidates would be real quality candidates in that range. But Who's the closest uh, um, thing to Lincoln Riley in college? In college right now? Yeah. Mm. You mean like before OU hired him, or who is a direct comparison right who now? Who is a direct comparison right now? Mm. Mm. Matt Scott Cam- Frost? Matt Campbell, in a way. Yeah, Matt Campbell. Yeah, and I've heard him thrown around in Cleveland as well. You know what's funny? Matt Campbell and Matt Rule are both like names that come up a lot in NFL circles. Yeah. Matt Rule's real guys, the fact that Baylor is even fielding a functional team right oh, now I'm, is I'm amazing. not saying it's wrong. I I think he's a hell yeah, no, of a no, 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 I know. I I didn't take it that way. Yeah. I'm just saying I think he gets overlooked. Yeah, I think for sure. Campbell's kind of the sexy name, but Rule's really good. You know who else is a candidate in Cleveland? I'd like to announce that I'm putting my name in for the head coaching job at the Cleveland Browns. You might be surprised who has signed on to be my offensive coordinator. Grant, I've uh, formally put my name in for the Browns head coaching job. Would you be interested in being the OC and maybe we get an apartment together with Baker? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. And you can put a bounty on this. Greg Williams will be my defense coordinator. Cleveland Browns fight song. I didn't Is that, know that what that was? One. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Eddie, I'm I'm so proud. Like every time I think you cannot do yourself, you go a little. The bounty, the bounty is just perfect. It's that, that's good. genius. It's pretty good. Uh, Baker Mayfield just recently commented on whether he wanted Lincoln Riley in Cleveland. He said, "Quote: I love Link, but we have what we have here. He's doing his his thing. I'm doing mine." End quote. Basically, opens the door for Grant and I. <laughs> that was Grant Calcaterra, by Grant the way. Grant Calcaterra, yeah. Um, Eddie, would you like to comment on why you'd like to be roommates with Grant Calcaterra? Uh, I think we know why. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I believe is the phrase. That pays. Oh. Send him over. Knock twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like, and we... I'll try to get it back on track. Uh, Good luck with that. We kind of touched on it. But, like, with whether it's Cleveland or Dallas, I don't think – and I, and I know Barry Switzer commented on it, and I know, you know, it's going to be blasphemy to a lot of OU fans, but he says some stuff that I really disagree with. In this situation, I totally agree with what he said. Neither of those situations are you like, yep, that's that's a winner that just needs the right guy in charge. 
Like, Cleveland, I can kind of get there. As long as Jerry Jones is running the ship in Dallas, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Like, at least it's a, like he can be the owner. That's fine. Loudmouth owners win all the time. Like, that. that's not that big of a deal. But him running the front office, that's, you're not going to yeah, win like that's that. that's it. He's, it's not that he's the owner and that he's a loudmouth. It's that he wants to be so hands-on that, I mean, what what's Jason Garrett been referred to as it for the last, you know, eight, nine, however many years he's been down in Dallas. He's a robot. And it's fair. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything. I mean, because oh, no Garrett, Garrett's like the embodiment. Like, he grew up in the Jerry Jones Dallas Cowboys, like literally from player to coach. And I, the, the one time since Jimmy Johnson left, or since Switzer left, that they've had any real success was when there was a guy that had a big enough ego and a big enough backing to come in and be like, no, 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 we're not doing any of this crap. And Bill Parcells ran the show the way he wanted to, and they they got back on track. And, I mean, when Romo left, that was kind of the last remnant of the Parcells era. Now, with all that said, I think it's completely naive to think that Lincoln Riley is going to be here for 19 years. Like, I, I definitely think that the NFL will be something that he wants to tackle at some point. How much do you think is it? Welcome to the college football. <laughs> Sorry. I God. Didn't I would do that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm re- I was just trying to get the audio for the stupid. The stupid question Clemson is worth fan. it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. Okay. Well, let the stupid question play. Well, we're talking about. No, we're talking about the Cowboys and Lincoln Riley. Okay. We'll now, move on. You know, with, uh, with Lincoln, how much do you guys think a role. Because I know that was something that got brought up probably by Bob as much as, you know, the media talking about it. Having young kids, like, was a big deal. Like, you know, I, I like it, Norman. My kids are comfortable here. You know, they've grown up here, that kind of thing. How much is that a factor for Lincoln? I mean, because obviously the NFL is a very different animal. And even if he's successful, in seven or eight years, the numbers say he'd probably be looking for a job. It's, I, it's I, probably not a good time with very young children. So yeah. I would almost think that it's a better time now than when they get older and you know i'd say older i say that I'm, middle school I'm middle school when yeah. they're starting to develop friends, friends and exactly get around people i would think now would be the time to do it because you can, you can pretty much pick up your kids right now and go wherever you want they are not attached uh, they don't point. have a, they don't right. have a school that you i mean i'm sure that the older daughter does but i would think that it'd be easier to move her now than maybe say four years from now when she does have the lifelong one, friends. The one thing I don't buy is the whole, oh, well, you wouldn't want to. Norman's a perfect place to raise a family. Like, if you have money, you can, you can no matter where you are, it's going to be a perfect place for you to raise yeah. kids. De- Detroit can be homey yes. and with Absolutely. enough money. Yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, um, let's not act like the public school system in Oklahoma is doing just tremendous right now. Well, Norman's <laughs> so, so hippity-dippity. They kind of take care of their schools. The city does. Yeah. That's true. The property Damn taxes and all that. So good that but you people put up send their kids to Mount St. Mary's. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't buy into the it's a great place to raise a family. You wouldn't want to take them out of here right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm you've won me over. I'm on your side now. I don't know. I, I just think that we're we're a good two, three years away from it really like two, three years. I think it'd probably be fair to shit your pants right now, thinking that Lincoln Riley could be. Yeah, moving this on. is year five or six. Yeah, and you know what? After going through nineteen years of Bob, not that I didn't really like covering Bob and covering his teams, covering him. I mean, I think it, it ended up where uh, he got comfortable with the media, and we got comfortable around him. 
I don't know if it's the best thing for a program for a coach to be around that long in this day and age of oh, the I age would, of Twitter, the age of uh, you know instant gratification. I would absolutely say that that's the worst thing that could happen to a program. I mean, Josh I do, and I can can be are experts in this subject. Like just being in this business of you know running SoonerScoop.com, like. There was a certain point where it got bad for business that Bob had been here for as long because people just got, I don't know, Josh, what would you say is a way to describe it without offending anyone? People just got complacent, complacent, sort of sort apathetic, apathetic. Is well, what, I definitely yeah. think like looking back on it now, especially too, it there was some complacency. And as much as you oh, endure, yeah. like when you were well, yeah, in it from the coaching side, I just say the fan base. Fans. Yeah. They get apathetic because it's just like the same thing over and over. Here we go again. Now, I will say this, like last year it, from a business perspective was one of the best years we've ever had. Just the change, new coach, Heisman trophy winner. And that's not to say that we didn't have great years. You know, like the Rhett Bomar year was a great year business-wise when he got kicked off the team because the team did well. They won a Big 12 championship, and it was a great story. But, yeah, there was a time when just business kind of lulled, excitement lulled. And when I say business, I'm not saying selfishly from our perspective. I'm just saying we can see the fans' interest through our business, through how many subscribers we have or how many people are canceling and things like that. Like, it was, Josh, I'd say probably 2014, after that 2014 season, the interest pretty much flatlined in this program. Oh, I mean, and I think people, obviously it's our job. So we're going to show up. We're going to do the stuff we need to do. That's fine. But it's, it's hard for us. Like as maddening as the board can be sometimes with the fervor and the, we're mad about this, whether it's, you know, them mad at us or mad at something on the coaching staff or whatever they're upset about. At least you care. At least you're invested. When there's just the, well, they're just going to screw it up again. Like, you know, like, there, it's just like a fan base that just, like, shrugs its shoulders. That's really hard to, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm obviously moving to my office desk chair and sitting down, but that's hard to come into work and be like, let's get it today. This is going to be great. I, the whole thing, I mean, there is. There, it just becomes stale, and I think part of it, too, Carrie, it's not just about like, cause you can do things to keep it interesting for longer and some of those kind of things. But it was also that the whole staff was pretty much the same thing. Like they were the same, you know, for you guys, you're talking to the same DC, the same OC, the same position coaches. I mean, at some point you just don't have a lot of new stuff to talk about. Yeah. And if you want to go deeper on it, got I mean, stale. We, don't, we obviously don't want to go deeper on this subject, but I think that's why. Baker Mayfield endeared himself so much because it almost felt like he saved the program as far as energy and everything that goes into that. Uh, Eddie, I want you to pull out your phone. Okay. I would like you to open up your SeatGeek app. Close out Pornhub real quick. Sponsored segment. Uh, Okay. Okay. So if you go to SeatGeek, get the app, put it in your phone. Uh, SeatGeek, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, if you haven't heard us talk about the multi- multitude of times we have, SeatGeek allows you to buy tickets to events, sporting events, concerts. Um, I mentioned, like, uh, Choctaw Casino Resort. Like, if you want to go out and see Chris Stapleton, well, all his concerts are sold out, but you can still go to SeatGeek and get tickets to it 
through their marketplace because what they do is they pull millions of tickets into one place just so you can find seats for the price that you're willing to pay. It shows you, you know, where the seats are, whether it's a good deal or not, if somebody's fleecing you uh, or if it's actually market value. So what you do is you go get the SeatGeek app, uh, you pull it up, you make your, your ticket purchases, and you enter the promo code SCOOP, and we'll give you $20 off your first per- purchase. Like, the reason I wanted Eddie to pull up his phone, because last time he did this, I'm going to pull up mine too, uh, I, I told him that it will link to your Spotify, your Apple, and find out what music you like. So then it'll tell you what concerts are coming. And Eddie's concert listing last time was for a Christian rock band. So I'm curious, what's the Mercy first me. What's the first concert listing now? Uh you had to go browse by category concerts. I just went to popular favorites real quick. Favorite performance, is that where I'm supposed to go? Hold on. I mean I've I don't got have, popular events. I don't have any music on my There's phone. popular events. I've got concerts down below it. It's, yeah, it's down below concerts. popular this weekend. There's concert sports. There's tracked by your friends. We've got Elton John. Yeah, I've got oh, Elton John as number two on my list. So who's your first concert that it shows you? Travis Scott. Country? No, the rapper. Travis oh, Scott. Travis Scott. Oh, okay. Pretend you know who he is, Carrie. Go ahead. No, I do. <laughs> my nieces listen to him. That's the only reason I know why. Uh, I have Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, she's going to American Airlines Center. Well, she's at Chesapeake May 23rd with her Pete Davidson tattoo, I'm sure. Yeah, she might have it removed by then. She dropped his She ass. can afford to remove a tattoo. I don't know if he can. Uh, probably not. J- JT, Justin Timberlake, coming January 26th. The originator of different things, different jokes. All right, so uh, go get the SeatGeek app. It is really easy, though. I've used it before, and it's uh, it's fantastic. Hey, plenty thunder, just as thunder a quick, tickets. easy plug. Plenty of seats for Bedlam, too. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Plenty of seats. If you're going to be in Dallas for December 1st, Big 12 Championship game, December 2nd, Browns at Texans. Just come on down I-45, Ooh, catch Baker Mayfield on Sunday. Nice. By the way, right you're there. probably going to need the UCE because all the damn Texas fans bought up the tickets after they beat OU. <laughs> Yeah, what? I don't think that they're going to be there. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're <laughs> no, not yeah. going to be there, so, but they have all the tickets. Unless they want what out. What do you guys like this weekend in that one? I think West Virginia. I, I think Will Greer is going to West uh, Virginia throw for a lot at of yards. Austin, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's in Austin. Boy, I, I rewatched that, that OSU game. Their defense is not good. Texas is. Oh, yeah, that's not supposed to happen. I thought Todd Orlando had reinvented the wheel. But it was everywhere. It was running. It was in... Brecken Hager is not a good football player. But he's a really smart one. His brother was so much better than he is. The boy that played, played at Baylor. Texas is favored by two right now. I like West Virginia this weekend, though. I wonder how big I of think, a deal it was with Boyd and Davis being out in the first quarter. I think Texas is going to lose two of their next three. Well, did you see Emmanuel Ocho went after y- Boyd? He sure did. That was a mess. So uh, don't worry. The trainer was there to save him on Twitter. Really? I didn't see Yes, that. one of the trainers went back at Ocho, and I'm like, just like, and Ocho's like, look, man, I, I, I'm i not calling anybody out by name. I didn't go that, that way Chris with it. That wasn't Chris Boyd that told him to keep his mouth shut and don't come yeah. to practice? That was yeah. the trainer no, that, that did that? No, that was Chris Boyd. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Boyd did too, but the tr- one of the big trainers down here in Houston 
came at Ocho. Oh, a, a trainer. I thought you meant like a medical trainer. No, like a team no, trainer. No. Team, I was gonna say Ocho should have told him to go tape somebody's ankle and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought you meant too. No, no, sorry. When I say trainer, is that when? Uh, is that when all the trainer hullabaloo started this week? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, I commented on a, a different guy here in Houston. Okay, that was uh, a completely that different like, situation. That a good, but my, my comment to him had nothing to do with the other okay, guy. Okay, I got oh. you. I got you. Okay, I found the uh, Clemson question from There's the college football Nobody player. in the world that thinks more of themselves than the, uh, the high school trainer. You don't do anything. So, let's move on. College football playoff uh, came out last night. Sooners were seventh. Clemson... Uh, was number two behind Alabama, and that triggered a, I don't know if I need, I, I definitely need to use air quotes, a Clemson reporter in uh, in air quotes. And you'll have to just, I'm hoping this is where it starts. Your first question is from Trevor Groves with cutigers.com. Hi, Rob. Uh, first, I just want to congratulate you on your first ranking as committee chair. Um I'm, I'm curious about uh, ranking Alabama number one, Clemson number two, uh, despite the fact that, that Clemson is the only team in the top ten for total offense and total defense. Um, op- opponents this year for Clemson, 38 and 16, versus 29 and 28 for Alabama. Um, and the fact that Clemson has the number one uh, differential in total yards allowed versus total yards gained. Um, is, is it just the, uh, the common opponent with Texas A&M, um, even though Alabama had them at home, Clemson was on the road. It was, was that the primary reason that you uh, put Alabama ahead of them? Well, thanks for the question. Uh, you know, it, it's never just one thing. You know, obviously we look at the data. So, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that we need to hear the rest of that. But, my God. It sounded like he was interested in the answer, though. He hadn't made up his mind yet. Yeah, yeah, th- exactly. Was it just this, or was it you know that, or was it this, or what? But they were all talking points for Clemson football. It was such a yeah, like that's the definition of a loaded question. Fanboy question. Cutigers.com. So pointless. Even more pointless than the committee putting out a ranking this week is the little press conference that they do or the teleconference that they do afterwards. Because oh my god! The, the what the it changes every year. And every week, well, there's no rhyme or reason. You don't know what's going to be the key word: body clock, game management. What's what? Well, what's going to be the the word of this year? Well, see, that's the problem. The problem is the setup, not the timing of delivery. I don't know why they got rid of the BCS system because you put those two things together and it makes sense. It works because at least then there is a standardized. This is why we do the things we do. This is our issue. No, I can tell you why, Josh. Mark Mangino once said it, dollar signs. Oh, no. It's all about money. I mean, like, as far as why the needle seems to move from year to year, because it's gonna. They're different people, so they're going to value things differently. That's just human nature. That's understandable. But if if you'd had it as a computerized system to where, okay, strength of schedule counts for this, this counts for that, that counts for that, and just done it that way, at least then everybody knows year to year this is what we're playing with. Or then you had Kelly Bryant miss the Syracuse game last year for Clemson, so that that became a talking point. 
you just don't you don't know from year to year what what you need to be looking oh, for. You's, oh, you excuse should be that they were missing their defense coordinator at the OU Texas game. That actually was asked. That was it. Like, how is OU going to be viewed after a major change? He kind of just talked talked around it the entire time. But here, well, here it is. Okay. How would you weigh OU's loss to Texas, for for instance? You know, if OU's defense made improvements after making the the change in defensive coordinators, and do evaluations change when there are midseason coordinator changes like that? Well, we we evaluate results, um, and if there are changes that change, you know, results, then that's a factor. We don't look at changes and look back and say what would have happened had this change occurred earlier. The results are what they are. Um, but when changes occur, we can we we look at you know what happens in the next weeks after the changes are made. When I go and get my sandwich, I don't judge previous sandwiches that were made before the one I eat. I only judge the sandwich that I eat. That's kind of who's that? Rob Mullins? Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Rob. Well, I mean, what he did say, you got to read between the lines a little bit. You but do. he did say it matters that they change coordinators because we're now judging what they look like with a new coordinator yeah and, and and if they win out then you'll and show a different side of defense you'll realize okay this is what this team was really was again if they have a massive turnaround there needs to be a point shaving scandal uh, investigation <laughs> yeah I have no room to talk. I haven't even taken my medicine for saying that Kansas State was going to be a tough game. Well, I'm I'm where you were last week, Kerry. I think this is going to be a really tough game this weekend, just as far as I, I honestly, I have no idea what to expect out of the defense. And I think that's pretty fair. Like, there's they put right. nothing out there that says that they can stop the pass. They haven't been challenged since Mike Stoops was fired by Correct. all by a team that did all the things that screwed with and them first. They did to exactly. an extent against TCU, but they didn't have a quarterback that could get them the ball. Yeah, I think Allen Bowman so can bad. I think Allen Bowman can get them the ball. I'm well, going to get bold here. I think OU holds Tech under 450 yardage. Mm, that is that's juicy. I, I mean I, I mean I I know that that doesn't sound great, but in that game, OU wins by 3 touchdowns if that's the case. Uh, here's Lincoln Riley talking about this week about the challenge of Tech's de- or offense. I mean, I think anybody you play that's d- even decent at all on offense, you, you better play really good 11-man defense. If you don't, you know, people are good enough that they're they're going to expose you. They're going to find your weaknesses, and they're going to continue to go at them. So I do think the fact that we're playing just better as a whole right now is the is the is the biggest positive going into it. It's the biggest reason why we've played better in the last couple of weeks, and we're going to need to obviously do it again here this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always excited to see our guys get challenged. Um, you know, that's uh, especially in, in great road environments like this. So should be a fun one. Uh, they, they've challenged everybody. We know we'll get their best. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, this is different. And at night, on the road, in that crazy-ass environment, with those people, you people, in Lubbock, with your cussing, your food throwing, they're, they're, by the way, they're... They're just college students. I, I, no, 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 no. We've been in parts of Lubbock that we were scared shitless before. No. And some of those people show up to the game. No. There's there's a ghetto. No. In Lubbock. It's like, Lubbock. there's a bad part of town. I've, I, I went to Lubbock as a student a couple times. It's a fun-ass town. Like, yeah, it a, is. A college town is stay on fun. campus. I don't think I've been to these places. But they will beat you to death with Buddy Holly's bones if you go to the wrong part of town. 
full disclosure, I was going to make a uh, plane crash joke about Buddy Holly in my video this week. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> he didn't die in Lubbock, so it didn't really work out. Well, he died in a plane crash. He was born in Lubbock. I know. I was going to say something about you know the Sooners defense looking to uh, not have a crash landing this weekend in Lubbock. Wink, wink, Buddy Holly. But it, it just didn't flow. And I, was a, I, I wasn't able to tell the joke, so I had to tell it here. I, I like that you, like Bob and Carrie, like this guy died, what, 60 years ago? And they're like, whoa. whoa. My dad like, it's loves too fresh, Buddy Holly. Too fresh. <laughs> he legitimately loves Buddy Holly. Who lucky Who does? Kelly My dad. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Personal thing. Yeah, I mean, I like the Gary Busey movie. Yeah. I'm looking at crime statistics in Lubbock right now. <laughs> he really is. Well, the one the one person that could give us more information on this is uh, one of Tech's starting safeties, Dakota Allen. He was a statistic oh in that. God. That's a that's truth. That's the truth. I know. We'll see. I I'm still. I I was all over Iowa. You know State what? Though last I'm going to say this. Dakota Allen was the best thing about Last Chance You. Like. Oh, I couldn't believe player. that he was a you know he did story. what he did. It's a great story because he's not an idiot. It's a great like story. he was good the turnaround. one guy that I felt bad for being at that JUCO because he was surrounded by morons. And Josh, you you remember his story initially how when he went to OU for his unofficial and Stoops wasn't there and he's like, why the heck did you invite me here if not, if none of the coaches are even going to be here? There is no greater sign of a player is going to be really good than OU shuns him when he visits. Because I can think of two other really good examples. Daniil Hunter, who was going to come to OU and commit, and I can literally tell you that's from his mouth. He was going to commit on his trip, and then OU wasn't going to have somebody there the day he was going to visit, so he canceled. And then like two weekends later, he goes to LSU and he commits to LSU. And obviously ends up being a, a big-time player in the NFL, having a nice career. The other guy is uh, uh, the corner that was the first-round pick for OSU just a couple years ago, Justin um, Gilbert. Uh, yes, Justin Gilbert showed up, didn't have an OU offer, came to the spring game, was was thinking he was going to get an offer, and he was hanging around after the game, and he wanted to talk to the coaches, but the coaches were either talking to other recruits or he couldn't track Mike Stoops down. I can't remember what it was. There was something – Somebody, there was some reason he couldn't get to them, and his ride was like, we got to go, because he lived in Huntsville, Texas, so he's got like a five-and-a-half-hour drive ahead. So they get in the car and leave, never got the offer, and he really, I mean, again, from his mouth, he was pretty much planning to commit if OU offered him. I, like I said, there's no surer sign that a guy's going to be a quality player than if OU screw, uh, screws them on, the, on their visit. That's just the way that seems to go. By the way, um, Lubbock Police Chief Greg Stevens... <laughs> Carrie didn't let it go. <laughs> said that the title, after Lubbock was labeled the most dangerous city in the state, said the title is based on the FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Program and that it is misleading. I, I didn't hear How what you How is something said. uniform you know and it's, we you look at everything the same. This, uh, crime. Crime. Legalized prostitution. No. <laughs> think again. I'm trying to think <laughs> where you Think dirtier. <laughs> Bray. Think dirtier. Oh, God. <laughs> Is this going to be just a complete bleep? No. Maybe. Go. What? Build a wall. Okay. Got to build a wall. Bill's not going to like that. 
The guard's busy elsewhere, Eddie. They can't keep him out. Build a wall. Eddie, Eddie is a guy who literally almost shit his pants when we drove too close to the border. Oh, that, was, that was just more of excitement. <laughs> Excited nervousness. That's always been an expression. I was so excited, I almost shit my pants. I and it made me a little nervous. And then we saw people on four wheelers. That was like we like when you're in El Paso, you get a real feeling for like you. All I can think about when we're in El Paso is the drug cartels are right across the street. Like the start, people that cut your heads off and put them on turtles are just right over there. Then you start passing all the uh, mattress stores, and you're like, "Yep, I knew it." I knew mattress stores were a front for cartels. <laughs> Is that why I paid so much for my mattress? Probably. Took out a home loan Probably. to pay for my mattress. Uh, okay. Back on, trying to get back on track here. Uh, the one thing, and I, I started looking up the stats. I did not complete my task. Uh, but, Josh, you can maybe you, you get to watch more games on the weekends than we do. But uh, Wesley Vasher, they have another big receiver, too, uh, Texas Tech, right? Wesley and Vasher are the two that the I, I think kind of lead the way. Um, let me – I'm trying to think I'm of who – season stats right now. That's that's what I'm, I'm trying – because those are the two that, I mean, when you watch them, they make plays over the top of people. Like Va- Vasher is a – in my opinion, probably a potential NFL guy. He, he's one of the more talented receivers they've had in a while. Um, now yeah, but, uh, Wesley is their leading receiver. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averages 122 yards a game. Uh, then they have, uh, Jadayan high is actually Jadayan the uh, second, second on the team in receptions. And then Vasher is third. High is five eleven one ninety. So that's probably not He's the guy you're thinking guy. of. I think it's Henry. I think it's the Tejon Henry guy. That's definitely not Tejon Henry. Tejon Henry's a running back that's about five seven. Okay. He was he was a guy I covered down here. He went to Houston Lamar. He is that dude's a really good player. Like that's like a throwback to some of those guys like Torian Henderson, some of those guys that Mike Leach had that were just friggin' good football players, but they weren't very big. He's that kind of dude. Okay. But but Vasher and Wesley are the two two main guys. Yeah, oh, and they're good enough to give OU plenty of trouble. Interestingly enough, guys, and we've bagged on him a little bit, I was listening to an NFL draft guy the other day that literally has Hakeem Butler moving way up in his um, his wide receiver rankings for next year's draft. He's playing really – like, everybody uh-huh. after that game, like, well, he just did, it's just OU. He did, he's starting to shred everybody now. Yep. And I – God, and, and I'm having to get used to it because I watched that Iowa game and he was terrible. But since then, man, he's been a player. That whole team was terrible against Iowa. That's fair. My God, Tech has like some of these guys have to be running backs, but like they had like twenty wide receivers on their roster. So okay, so Wesley is six five two hundred. Uh, T.J. Vasher six six one ninety. But hey, Alan Bowman has one catch for ten yards. So you know, keep your eye on that. Uh, I did ask Trey Norwood about those big receivers uh, yesterday. Do you? I mean, do you have to get to a point where you're just obsessed with watching film on like Wesley and Basher and the big guys that they have to 
where you kind of know them like the back of your hand? Uh, I mean, the, I think that comes it comes with the week in and week out. Every opponent, I mean, <clears throat> that, I feel like that's how you get a get an edge on your opponent. I mean, like I said, coming into a week like this with Tech's high powered offense, uh, they're high powered receivers. You know what I mean? Uh, watching film on them, uh, making sure you dissect them in the, each and every way possible. I feel like that is something that you have to be obsessed with, and I mean that takes your game to another level. And I feel like the mental part, it, it, it's more it's more than a physical part. So I feel like that's a, a very very important part of the process. It's Norwood. It's I, I would assume we'll still have Trey Brown. I don't know what's going to happen with Buki. You know, if he doesn't play, I guess they would just put Justin Broyles in there, which is a bad matchup if he gets on one of those guys. Uh, or if they do something with Motley. I mean, maybe he becomes the every down extra guy. But it would seem I don't know that there's another corner that could just do what Buki was doing. It's going to be interesting just in that I think that I guess this is a shot at Mike Stoops, but I. I'm interested to see if they try different things this weekend. Does that make sense? I, mean, just as far, done, I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel. Stuff. I mean, yeah, but I don't think I don't think that they're going to reinvent everything and reinvent the defense. But I do think that they'll throw some different looks out there that we haven't seen. Yeah, and it, maybe some different packages. Yeah, for sure. Because that's, that, that's the thing that, that I've we noticed. Have showed yeah. they have showed that the thing that really strikes me more than you know because it's a four man front, but really it's still you still have Gallimore playing head up with the center, kind of playing a zero technique, maybe shaded a little bit to a one. Um, but it's pretty much all the same guys on the field. I mean, except goal line stuff, I've been impressed with that. I like seeing them bring in two extra interior defensive linemen in those situations. Uh, but really it's been, you know, bringing, was it Mark Jackson and Khalil Houghton would come on together and then they would go off together and they'd bring in Another, two, but they've had pairs of guys that have come in and in different situations, been able to keep all those guys fresh too because of it. And that's what I wonder if they stick with that when things start to go south because yeah. things have looked really good, so they just keep going with it. What happens if Tech scores fourteen in the first quarter? Then rotations get changed at all. It seems like Q Overton's been getting more playing time. He's a good football player. <laughs> He's a run stopper, Kelly. Hell of a run stopper. Uh, time for something different. Get to the fridge. Grab yourself a native amber, an F5 IPA, or any of the great Coop Ale Works beers because it's time to make a toast to this week's player to watch. All you guys listening, uh, you're doing a tremendous job uh, tweeting at us and, and letting us know what you're drinking uh, during game times. Uh, we we love to retweet you guys and get you out there. So uh, appreciate all you guys for doing that. Uh, Coop Aleworks, uh, Oklahoma City local craft brewery, uh, been around for nine years now. We got seven year-round beers, four seasonals. Uh, Eddie and I both have plenty of our favorites. We need to we need to ship some over to Josh at some point. We'll meet up and get him a gift pack so he can partake as well. But yeah, go go check it out. Uh, now that the beer laws have changed, you should be able to find it. Yeah, I went to the cellar in Norman. They had like twelve packs of the F five and the Horny Toad. I think uh, Saturday Siren maybe even. So uh, you can get twelve packs out there. It's pretty cool too. So a uh, player to watch. It's to me, guys, does it have to be someone someone on defense, or do we 
once again, is this is this something that's more on Kyler Murray's shoulders? That I, it's it's kind of messed up to say it, but does Kyler Murray have to be that guy this weekend? Because for so many times it was Baker Mayfield, especially on the road, that made plays that ultimately won OKU the game. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray hasn't done that this year. He obviously has, but in the one game that he didn't, they lost for three quarters. I guess. I mean, he was tremendous in the fourth quarter of the yeah. Cotton Bowl. Yeah. But he threw the interception. He had the fumble. I will say why it's different. Because the offensive line has been fantastic the last couple of weeks. And I almost I almost think, you know, they've always been able to run the ball on tech. I mean, that's always been a, a staple of theirs. I mean, remember when Cody Thomas was the starting quarterback in this game, uh, and he was awful. Yep. And Samaj Pirine saved their ass. I was we were I was looking at this the other day, just as far as that was when Baker was a red shirt. Or we uh, were he, sit, was, he was sitting out. out. Yeah. It was twenty fourteen, right? Yeah. right? Uh, do you remember how many carries Mixon had in that Mayfield Mahomes game? Well, he was the only running back available. That's true. That was is true. Like thirty. He had thirty one. Yeah. He had thirty one for two sixty three. Pirine was out and. Uh, Whoever else who they they didn't have another... uh, Abdul Adams I think had oh, yeah. a, I think he, he was... had a reception but they were like let's go ahead and give it to the best player yeah. on the field but yeah I mean he was the only real healthy running back that they had he had a whale of a game but uh, I think Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon are really going to determine whether they can extend a lead and keep a lead in this game uh. sure. I know. I think that's, and I almost, I know it's going to be a player, but I kind of wanted to say almost like Lincoln Riley's play calling just to see what he was going to do. If he was going to do some of the stuff he did against TCU and to a lesser degree, Kansas state where they were kind of taking their time. They weren't in a big hurry. There wasn't that. Okay. Next play, next play, next play. And seeing if they would let Brooks and Sermon kind of bleed Texas tech out a little bit and keep the offense off the field, or I guess maybe more to the point, keep their defense off the field. Do you have to get a lead for that to happen? Sure, sure. Uh, I guess my pick it, it would be Jalen Redmond. Um, I, I, I think he he stunned me with how good he was against Kansas State, especially when I went back and kind of did the review and, and kind of broke it down. He was outstanding. He was everywhere. And he provides something that nobody else on that roster can provide if he can get enough snaps to make a difference. And I think that... That could be huge, take some of the pressure off the secondary. If he can find a way to create some pressure, which TCU did a lot with Collier and Banigou. So Oklahoma needs Perkins and Redmond to make a difference. I think maybe he's the guy. And I don't want to brag, but two weeks ago it was Kennedy Brooks. Last week it's Robert Barnes. So people out there you know, may want to jump on the Jalen Redmond bandwagon now since you know I'm clearly on board. I've been fairly shocked, uh, along with you, Josh, just as much as he gave last week. Like I knew that he was gonna he was gonna be a good player, obviously, but uh, you know, we we mostly saw him getting after the quarterback in high school. He put the run pretty damn well last week. He had a play in the fourth yeah. quarter, and Eddie, maybe you right. got it on video. He the guard pulls, picks him up, and really should have won by his positioning because he gets on in on Jalen's inside. Jalen kind of works his way around him, grabs the back with one arm, and drags him down for a tackle for loss. Like yeah. uh, that—that's that's stuff that like you can coach and you can do all these things. There are special guys who can do stuff like that, and Jalen Redmond's one of those guys. 
It's been a uh, it's been a welcomed maybe as much as a new defense coordinator. Jalen Redman added to the mix has probably been number two as far as uh, biggest things post Texas, and that's that's not even counting tackling like fundamentally like a uh, like a JV team would be expected to do. I'm gonna go Trey Brown because this, yeah, this is his. You got to bring up the corners. This is his night. He's been the best pass breakup corner that OU's had in two or three seasons. We've seen it before with the Baylor game. He he's gonna need to bring it, and you know, he, there's gonna be a lot of fifty-fifty balls. He's probably not gonna win them all, but he's gonna have to get at least like three or four pass breakups to deter the Red Raiders from always going to the deep ball. Cause I just feel like they hit one or two early. They're going to keep going to it. And Parnell Motley, even though he's had some nice interceptions, he has that tendency for things to snowball. When he doesn't play well, he doesn't play well often. And if they start picking on him because they found some success, the thing could spiral out of control very quickly. I guess I'm not really worried too much about the offense. I, I would tend to lean more defensively uh, is, is where you need to look. I mean, look, the offensive line's playing great. The running backs have really emerged. Kyler Murray's a big-time player. Uh, he, we played it at the beginning, but him in this environment, I'm, I'm not too worried about, although it's something to keep an eye on, and uh, here he was talking about it on Monday type of kids they go to the school um you know they love the tradition they love to be out there and you know those type of atmospheres with big games uh played there for baseball and um you know they're pretty good at baseball so it gets pretty rowdy so I, i'm pretty you know i know what to expect um you know i think it'll be fun is it i mean is that something you look for? i mean you played in red river rivalry but is this gonna be something different for you yeah this is a this is a little more you know we got a lot of students that are you know they're gonna be rowdy it's you know this is probably gonna be one of the most hostile environments that we've played in um all year, and you know, I think you know their team is they feed off of the you know their environment and the, the home uh, home stand. So uh, we got to be ready to go in there with the mindset that you know this is going to be a four quarter game. And for whatever struggles Oklahoma had, you know, in the Red River rivalry, like you guys said, in the fourth quarter he was amazing. I would think that he'd learn he learned something from that. Sure, that he can take into Lubbock. I think any any player, especially a player of Murray's caliber. I think he, I don't know if relishes this opportunity would be the right way to say it, but the louder the stage or the bigger the stage, the I think the more it means to him personally. And I'd be very surprised if he went down there and turned the ball over three or four times, which would be an anomaly because he hasn't done it all year. But and if, you get what I'm saying. If they get Mar- uh, Marquise Brown back 100% this week, yeah. that, that yeah. might be a guy to watch. And Calcaterra's coming on. Finally finally have a stock up report for Grant Calcaterra. Uh, I'm going to give it to Bob just because not only do I believe that the cornerbacks are going to be a huge key in this game and he picked Trey Brown, but the restraint that Bob showed to not name Charleston Rambo as his player to watch this week. Bob's on a serious man crush with Rambo, I think. Am I? Yeah. I mean, I was the one that threw him out there. Well, Bob, he's stealing. He it. He's stealing your thunder. 
He's even asking about him in press conferences. He's obsessed with him. Getting the trick play with Basquin Rambo didn't work, but what's been the biggest difference with Charleston during the last month is he's starting to see the field more and more. Yeah, he's practiced, he's practiced well. You know, he's made a lot of plays on the practice field. Uh, when he's had game reps, he's gone in there and done a nice job. Um, you know, when we want to continue to get him more involved. He's a talented kid. We think he's got a lot of upside. You know, he wasn't he wasn't healthy early in the year, so he's back healthy now. Uh, flying around, kid can really run. He's got nice hands. I mean, he's got a he's got an intriguing skill set. So we want to continue. You know, he can help us right now, and obviously has a chance to be a, a good part of our future as well. It, it, it we talked about that actually, Bob. Um, just it was kind of strange because he'd been coming in early in games, earlier and earlier, and you were like. That's not by accident. Like, he's emerging on the practice field. He must be. And it's good to see because I think you just get set. Okay, it's Lamb, it's Brown, and then maybe Morris, Calcaterra. A.D. Miller's just there sort of lurking in the background if some of those guys need a breather. It's refreshing to see someone working their way back into first-team first reps, not just having it fall back when someone needs a break, but actually earning that time. And I know just – Based on the field, he had the drop against Florida Atlantic. Then he had the drop with Basquin. So fans aren't exactly buying in. So I just wanted to hear Riley talk about it. And the one thing I didn't know, he mentioned Rambo being bang, banged up during the first month of the season. Didn't have a clue that he was anywhere not close to 100% throughout this entire year. And he, he's, he, you can tell he's one of those guys, he needs some confidence. I mean, he he's probably has more athletic ability than we're seeing. And I think once he gains a little confidence, he's going to look even better. So, uh, I do, Local basketball media day is going on today. Uh, you guys got to skip out to that. Uh, but, Josh, Bob, anything we want to hit on with recruiting, uh, road games, so I don't expect there'll be a whole lot. We were actually talking about this earlier before the podcast. Like, It does seem kind of like uh, Lincoln and the staff, and you have staff changes. But everybody's kind of got their nose to the grindstone a little bit, on just with football, not with recruiting. And that's okay. I mean, they loaded up last year for Texas Tech, and they ended up getting Buki and Ronnie Perkins and Deshaun White. It's okay to load up for Bedlam as long as you're going to make it pan out. And I, I think that's what their philosophy is going to be. They try to do the brunt of the work between January and August. And then just kind of pick a weekend here or there during the season to really make it pop. Well, and and how many guys can you bring in? I mean, right. they've only got four or five spots left. So what? What you know? Do you do you have thirty actionable offers out there? No. You so you're going to pick your right time. And just like you mentioned last year with Tech, Bob, they really kind of parlayed that into oh, these guys could all play together. These guys get excited about being together. Well, you had that huge weekend that paid off with, you know, three guys who as freshmen are playing a role for Oklahoma defensively. So, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty to like about that moving forward. But I think that, you know, and I was, like you mentioned, Kerry, we were talking about that before the pod. I think that there is some, I don't know if it's completely intentional, but I don't think they're overly concerned about, okay, well, we got to have guys in this weekend and this weekend and this weekend. They're fine saying we want this to be our big weekend because we don't have that many guys, and if we can bring them in all in at once, A, we have more time to focus on other weekends, on the game itself and doing some of those things or the few unofficial visitors we have in. 
they can really just supercharge this weekend and make it as fine a point as it can be and then get back to, okay, now we're still chasing the Big 12 championship. We're trying to get in the playoff. I mean, I, I think Riley has done a really good job balancing. You know, I, I kind of wondered about that after year one. Like, is recruiting going to become too big of a thing? I think he's done a great job making sure that recruiting stays a focus. But during the season, a lot of guys that are recruiting heavy – I think lose focus a little bit sometimes on the team side because they're so worried about, you know, staying up with their contacts and doing all that stuff that maybe some of the week, you know, game day stuff doesn't get the attention it should. And I, I haven't seen any of that from Oklahoma. I think they've done a really nice job kind of balancing those two things. I, I'm sure, you know, there's, it's kind of like people have gotten used to like, if it's not happening on Twitter, nothing's going on in recruiting. But at the same time, you know the the recruiting staff, uh, Drew Hill, Annie Hanson, all those, you know, all the assistants, they're sending out stuff left and right to kids. I mean, uh, and you know, Lincoln's a big guy on momentum. Tries to build momentum in recruiting. Just really hasn't been a whole lot of. I mean, since that Texas loss and firing your coach, uh, this game. If you go and you win this game, and you get ready to go into Oklahoma State, a big visit weekend, they'll have. In college football rankings, you know, you, you you start creeping up. Let's say a Notre Dame or Michigan loses this weekend. Like, next week becomes a really big recruiting momentum week, and they can capitalize on it. For sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we mentioned last weekend they didn't do much with 2019, but they brought in a few 2020s, and you've had Lincoln Riley just tell everyone flat out the commitment that we're still waiting to hear from is from the 2020 class. Just kind of remarking when he put the eyes out initially, it was right around the time. It was 31-14 to 14 OSU against Texas, and some people were wondering he was talking about Texas, and Riley felt the need to clarify, no, it's about recruiting. And I he can't believe that. Hashtag 20 deep. He let you know it's a 2020 kid. I can't believe that I woke up on a Sunday and saw all that crap had gone down. I mean, it's just like it was so unnecessary. Everybody knows what the eyeball emojis are for. I had missed the, you know, what he ended up responding to. So I'm like, damn it, are there another set of eyes? Like, I, I was like, and then I had to like, key, I was like, no. No. Okay, no, this is something else. So um, it, it took me a minute to play catch up on that deal. Um, as far as that goes, and I'm going to post this on the board because I just really got it right before we were starting to pod here. Um it looks like that will be decided probably before OU takes the field uh, against Texas Tech, I think would be a safe way to say it. So I, I think OU, OU fans are going to get to know who this is before too long. Uh, we should have some good content ready to go from it. I'm kind of excited about some of the stuff we're going to get to do. Um, so th there should be this should be something that is not like the last set of eyes that everybody's still waiting on. And, you know, and in both cases, I feel like most OU fans, if they just trust themselves, they know who this is. Like, I don't think this, it, it's really funny because I didn't think the staff did much of anything to try to keep it quiet. And I don't mean like through back channels. I mean, like watch who certain people retweeted, watch who, <laughs> you know, like it, I, the timing of some of those retweets were really interesting. Like, I don't want to give it all away, but I think if you go back and look at some of the coaches, you might be able to piece together who we're talking about. Uh, on these most recent eyes. Mm, so you're saying just do a little critical thinking. You know, I mean, if you want to. And if not, then, hey, we're here for you, and we'll have all the good stuff come, you know, this weekend. Um, 
I also did want to say, uh, as far as interesting momentum building towards Bedlam, uh, our guy Adam Gorney, our West Coast analyst for Rivals, brought some news to the board the other day that there's a good chance Brew McCoy, the five-star athlete from modern day in uh, Los Angeles, is going to take his official visit for the Oklahoma State game, which would give Oklahoma two uncommitted five-stars likely to be on campus for officials that weekend with him and Evan Neal from IMG Academy. So um, not only are you recruiting two big-time guys, but from two massive programs. So, you know, Oklahoma – I think anybody thinking like the close of this is going to be kind of anticlimactic with Theo and all those guys already on board. I think you might tap the brakes a little bit. I think this could still be an exciting close. Now, those two are going to be tough gets for OU, but there are plenty of guys. You know, OU made an offer to an Auburn commitment this week. Um, so there are there are still plenty of things OU is working on to um, to make some moves. And then the most Big 12 thing ever. We don't have a clue when Bedlam will be. Not even a time window. Not even a, a well, couple of times. In, in fairness to the Big 12, I can't believe I'm saying Oh, boy. The SEC did the same thing this week. So. Big I mean, 12 apologist. Put, Big 12 apologist, Eddie Rodolfo. Like, at least with Texas Tech, we knew it wasn't 11. 11 might still be on the table for Bedlam. I will say, it's going to be interesting how all this recruiting works out when Lincoln Riley takes the New England Patriots job after Bill Belichick takes the Cleveland Browns job. He's going back to Cleveland to finish what he started. Heard it here first. Okay, guys, the the question from the Clemson reporter was really bad. Is it as bad as asking Sean McVay if he wants to be the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns? Why on God's green earth would he do that? Why is McVay like the favorite from a couple of things I've seen? Well, he was, and then they updated it. Okay. And that's when Zach Taylor became the favorite. I have no idea why that. I think it's strictly because he's in L.A. and nobody's really caring about the Rams right now. That might be it. Yeah, because Cleveland's going to (laughs) really impress him with that for right now. I mean, like once they start winning, don't get me wrong. I didn't know if there's a local tie somewhere. I have no clue. I mean, he has a legit chance to go undefeated this year. They're that freaking good. We do have this fine reporting from yesterday. Eddie Rodosovich, wearing black today. I hear it's slimming, Kyler. Lincoln Riley is still the head coach at Oklahoma for now. Uh, I was first reported by my colleague, Kerry Murdoch, this afternoon. He showed up to his weekly media luncheon. Still the coach for now. I think he'll be the coach on Saturday when Oklahoma heads to Lubbock, a school that he went to, Texas Tech. My favorite thing is how you throw in very well-known facts. (laughs) Just trying to clear the air. It's called reporting. At the airport. It wasn't just not audio. That is what you do when you report, but the way that you do it cracks me up. Well, I'm just trying to get Gaylord on notice. I noticed that I was was not invited to the uh, pin ceremony this year. Kind of interesting. I might have the biggest following on Twitter, but... I, I don't get invited, and a you local get, meteorologist does. I don't understand how that happens. Did you get started on uh, Movember early? Uh, no, I just <laughs> haven't shaved. Okay. Because it looks more like you've shaved at other places more recently than your lip. Yeah, we're growing a little mustache. Trashier the better. I figured if we're heading to Lubbock, we might as well. Okay. You going for the Garrett Minishu look? Yeah, kind of. That that dude, that he, uh, that, he should never shave that. That's, that's, that's strong. You guys want to know that we got another two star rating for the post game or the forty for the post game? Okay. Uh, I would like people to fight fire with fire, and make sure you go give us five stars. But this guy was a weasel. 
It's from Reform Suitor. I think it was from Big Crimson TX, to be honest with you. <laughs> have you can't a, just call him out. Have opinions, but saw what happened to the last guy who gave it a two stars. Would love to hear a Bob and Josh only podcast. Oh, oh. that's why. Okay. <laughs> that, that's I can't lie. There are fingerprints that seem right there. What? Like, it, like at the, least hide yourself. <laughs> Is that it? Uh, that's the, yeah. Well, that was the two star. We did get we, that. Was the that was the comment? Yeah, that was and then the he whole gave comment. two star. And then he gave well, it a two star. I think so. I'm going to review. Says, I'm going to review your opinions. reviews. How about that? iTunes doesn't let us do that because I would have reviewed a lot of people by now. Can I review I, his review? On the podcast, sure. Zero. I'm giving it a zero. There, you, one star is as low as you can go. I'm going one star then. Okay. Big crimps. I mean, reform sooner. Like, that's the thing. Like, people that come after me on Twitter, at least make it count. Offend me. Uh, I've got one that can offend you. Okay. I think it might be on the unofficial 40, though. Oh. Well, that's what we are on. Oh, no. Well, yeah, that was the Bill Jawin guy was the one that right. called us 40-year-olds. A the bunch of 40-year-olds. Take offense to that. I think so. I find it funny that Carrie brings that up, and he's the only one that qualifies. Okay, as, as Carrie looks for, for that, uh, Josh, you going anywhere this uh, weekend? Yeah, uh... The plan is tomorrow night I will get my first look at R.J. Henderson this year. My first really Ooh. look in almost a year since he and I were just never at the same camp things. I would show up at something, he wasn't there, he'd be there, and I wasn't, you know, just kind of one of those things. So should be my first look at him. Um, there is still a possibility that he doesn't suit out this weekend. I think maybe he's having to re-ingratiate himself. I, I, mm. I don't know what the story is, but there is still a percentage chance that he won't go. Um, I don't know if I'll go to that game anyways because Kempner, uh, who he does play, has a Oklahoma offensive line offer. But the kids committed A and M, and I'm not really. I, I don't know yet how how much of a priority that will be. But on Friday, I locked in. I'm going to see Princely Uman Malene. I'm not quite sure how to say his last name. Uh, the defensive end offer from Manor, Texas, that OU offered back uh, in the summer at the Houston Satellite. Um, really has come on really well. I think Oklahoma got out ahead because they offered him before he really had a lot of them. And I think they clearly lead right now. I think he's even a guy that you might be on commit commitment watch with. But we'll, um, I, I'm really anxious to see him after seeing Alfred Collins a few weeks ago, another often area defensive end uh, that was really, really good. But I actually talked to a guy um uh, Mike Craven, a guy that works for the Statesman, and he saw them on back-to-back -back nights. He actually liked Princely a little bit more. So I I'm kind of anxious to see him. They're going against Hutto, who's undefeated. It should be a good test for him. Um, and really, like I said, is one of OU's primary defensive line uh, targets right now. Bob, Don't need more time? Bob, you – no, I'm, I'm ready. Bob, any, uh, anything? We're going to Lubbock, so there's nobody to see. Yeah, it's Lubbock. and this is the last week of the of the Just regular season while we're there. here. Uh, so I, I don't know. Should we're, be pretty easy. We're still contemplating if we're going to try to see a game right, Friday. somewhere up Friday. Yeah, we're oh yeah, we're not leaving until Saturday. We're so. we're still thinking about it. I mean, the problem is, is if you see anyone in this uh, metro area, 
you're sort of just taking a flyer, like on a Dom Richardson for 2020. You don't know if OU's really interested. Quan, uh, Quantrell Walker, 2021 mm-hmm. running back. You're, you don't know. He's a kid still from uh, Stillwater. He like OSU. That might not even be worth it. It just feels like we can't be out there enough because OU hasn't really recruited the state for 2019, and the 2020 kids are more on the east side more than where we're living. Is he missing? Have you seen Gundy's kid yet? Gunner, no, and that's why that might be a reason. He's still water too. They're, I'd like to see him. They are the number one ranked team, and they're nine and zero, and they look damn good. All right, um, I want to try and 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 soften this up a little bit because this is a really bad review. No, I like it. I I think I'm gonna enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that he will. Uh, here's a rip on Josh to start with. This is I don't know this is from Jim Ross, but it says uh, banging for scoop five stars, JR's barbecue. Uh, great info, even keeled, mostly on topic and hilarious when not. Only complaint is that Josh talks too loud. And there's a wink. So I don't know if that's a rip for or he's trying to make a yell talking Josh. Uh, this one is the goats five stars by Jim. Looks forward to listening. Look forward to listening every single week. Eddie makes the podcast six-star worthy. Thank you. That's the butter yep. Now here's the bad one. Eddie keeps great podcast down. Two stars. <laughs> By Diamond Dave Sooner. Must be a big Van Halen fan. Oh, I'm so hurt. I enjoy the podcast to get my inside Sooner football and recruiting news. Bob and Josh bring their solid recruiting and football knowledge to the pod. And Carrie gives the scoop of what's going on inside the Sooner program. However, Eddie doesn't bring much to the show other than lowbrow humor, insulting comments of people, and averages an estimated four to six F-bombs or other colorful language per per pod. I guess that makes him feel like a real man. Man, this is really going after you. Even though he doesn't give a rip what anyone thinks. I just want him to bring some solid OU content to the pod versus what he currently shares. If you want a five-star pod like we expect Lincoln to recruit five-star athletes, then carry Fire Eddie. Lincoln had to make a tough call, and I think you do too. (laughs) God. I'd say that's pretty fair, pretty accurate. (laughs) My God, that's a lot of Eddie in there. Who's He really doesn't like you, Diamond Dave Sooner. Diamond Dave Sooner. See what else he's reviewed. Well, Diamond Dave Sooner, guess what? Nothing else. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Hold on. I'm, hold, I'm hold still on. here. That's the only review that's I it? see he has. Okay. I'm yeah. still here. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, here's my response. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Suck my Dave. I'm still here. Hey. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the next, the literal next most recent review the goats five stars. Look forward to listening every single week. Eddie makes the podcast six star worthy. Yeah, we just read that one before we read the. Did I miss one. that shit? No, so yes. read it again. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. But no, I mean, like that's the thing, and I and I get into this with people on the board, and it's the same with the podcast. When I get into, you know, like I'll run into people and we have conversations about it. Not everything we do is going to be for everyone. Like it can't be. Like there's going to be stuff you like more than other things, yeah. or stuff you don't like as much. It's a melting like, pot. Does it really bother you that much? Like, you can still listen to Bob and I, and if you hate Eddie, okay, just, you know, 
zone out for a, a minute when Eddie's cussing at somebody. That's fine. I mean, and people Eddie, like Big Crimson TX go out of their way to make up names on iTunes just to come on and say that they only want Josh and Bob to do a pod. Yep. Best it, part is, thanks for listening, Dave, because I know you're listening this week again. <laughs> and you're going to listen next week and the week after that. You're not going to stop listening, and I'm going to still be here. So guess I'd what? Say, I'd I also win. like to say, I'm big, you're small. Partner, Eddie's not going anywhere. Eddie is Eddie is liked and wanted by the staff here. So you got people stop calling for that. There's it's no like, tough call. The like podcast a, has never been more popular. It's like I mean, a, it, it never has. It's like uh, the uh, what is it? Oh, it's like the uh, Matilda when Danny DeVito's yelling at Matilda. <laughs> yeah. You love that gift back I in the day. Love, I love that part. I'm big, you're small. There is something I'm something, you're nothing. Yeah. I have a podcast, you don't. A very popular one. Probably the most popular one in Oklahoma. So that's okay. Um We'll talk to you again next week, Dave. There's one thing I want to address. Uh forty eight laws is the name. Is is title of his review is fine. It's five stars. So I appreciate that. He said he made an iTunes account just to say, please put the podcast on Spotify and add an RSS link. It can be used across all the different RSS and podcast programs. Uh, we have submitted the podcast to Spotify twice now. Uh, so I really, I'm trying to work with our host company to see if, if there's some way to do this. I'm, if I have to, I will, I will buy another account on another hosting platform that will submit it to Spotify for us. I don't want it to get to that point because that's throwing away you know money. But I, I, we do want to have the podcast on Spotify. We've gone through all the correct channels, but we just we keep submitting it. We never hear anything back from Spotify. So maybe we could start a Twitter campaign to I say. Or something. If you hear me typing, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm reaching out to Spotify via Twitter. But... You know, Don't hey people out there really get ahead of Eddie on this. He's going to say something terrible. No, I'm just asking him how the biggest podcast in the state of Oklahoma <laughs> isn't on fact. Two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Fact. 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 And fact. So please yeah. retweet Dave. I know you probably follow me on Twitter as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say no. Tell me. Read it to me. I do. And I, now I you're going to spend your whole day being obsessed with Diamond Dave Sooner. I think it's great. I think it's funny. I like when people don't like me. <laughs> but you really don't. I what? say the same thing. No, I do. I, like, I like fighting with people on Twitter. It fuels me. I don't, but I do it anyway. It fuels me. I think it's fun. Okay. I like it when it's going on. After it's over, I was like, why the hell did I do that? That wasn't <laughs> worth all the time I put into it. I, but in the moment, yeah, I like the I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't fight with people on Twitter anymore. I no, really Eddie's, yeah, Eddie's better about that than we are, Carrie. And, and frankly, you're better about it than I am. I'm, I'm always into some shit on Twitter. You, you like to fight about uh, professional decorum on Twitter. Josh will get into that fight anytime. I will fight anyone that comes after any of you guys mm. to the detriment of the site. <laughs> Probably. Yes, yeah, like you end up making you a bigger asshole than they were accusing us of being. <laughs> the, like, the, the, I don't like them and I really don't like him. The, the thing about Josh is when he's going back and forth with someone, he's got a quote tweet it. So we have oh, to I see quote tweet it. 
Well, because I, I want everyone to yeah. see, like, because usually, I'm the same way. if I respond, it's like, okay, your point was okay, but it's wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. If I quote tweet you, I'm like, everyone needs to see how stupid you are. This I'm is the, the stupidest way. shit. Stop talking. Way. Exact same thing that I do. Everyone, look how stupid this asshole is. Yeah, I like. I love the crazy people. Like, because I think I guess I assume everyone's going to enjoy it as much as I do. Like when that dude, the the thing about a month ago with the guy that was he was an OU alum, and so he had given more money, and we needed to stop charging because he was an OU alum. I, oh, that guy was an I, idiot. And that guy, by the way, admitted he never went to OU. Yeah, and he pulled. No, I, I offered him. I offered him to give him a, a tour of the campus because I went there and I could, <laughs> I could do that. He had never been there. He, he also me, pulled I was out about it. Like, I enjoyed that. Here's the thing. Here's my pet peeve lately is, and this guy did it, is when you fight with someone and they, they're losing the fight and then they pull out the veteran card. Yeah, Like, last-ditch effort. It's, like, it's bad. I'm sorry, I'm just a veteran who enjoys your work or something like that. And you're it's like, bad. dude, don't bring, don't bring being a veteran into this. Has nothing yeah, that, to do with that's that. that's kind of like using your kids, Zach Smith. Um, you know, just it's shameful and lowbrow. Like that's cool that you're a veteran. I've got lots of family members that are veterans. If my brother's a veteran, if he acts like an asshole, I'm gonna say you're an asshole. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like handicapped people can be assholes. Yeah, like I mean, it's okay. You can do that, but that doesn't absolve you from your action. Eh. It's like when it, it's always asshole. like when Jimmy, somebody dies, Jimmy they start was. painting you as like this great person. I'm like, no, they either were or they weren't. <laughs> That's because Timmy had turned him in Timmy. for steroid use. Timmy had to turn him in for steroid Timmy. use. Timmy! <laughs> no, Jimmy was cheating on Special Olympics. Mm. You can be an asshole and be handicapped. <laughs> Would you rather be a transvestite and win the LPGA championship or be oh. a, I'm listening. a little... I'm in. A little little off and win the Special Olympics. Ooh. Transvestite. Yeah. I want I all my so mental too. faculties. Yeah, I, so I want to operate. I think that's probably the right answer. Okay. I was just wondering. Deep thoughts. It's not really, is this racist? It's, is this insensitive to <laughs> Is this just people? wrong? Yeah. Is this just insensitive to, like, lots of people? <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Okay. On I that think, note, Bob on, and I have to go. On that note... <laughs> We are done. So appreciate everybody listening. Thanks uh, to uh, Choctaw Casino and Resorts and Durant, uh, as well as their other fine sponsors. We'll be taking the Eskridge Lexus to Lubbock this weekend. You will be getting a post-game podcast as well. Uh, and a reminder, this keeps coming up on the board. There's all kinds of weird crap going on with Google Play right now. Uh, Android users, we are recommending Stitcher as your app of choice. Uh, it's very solid. It updates works really well you can do one times two times all that stuff uh you can speed up your listening so stitcher go download that app search out uh oklahoma sooners and you'll find both our podcasts there so thanks josh thanks to edward r dosovich as i'm now calling him uh i like that yeah uh thanks to bob perspillo i'm carrie murdoch we see you guys back here next time on the next edition of the choctaw casino and resorts unofficial 40 podcast